We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Nice jumper. Got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep brought to you today by sports.axios.com. I am here. I'm Ty Windish, as you may or may not know. Probably know. I've, I've been doing the Eurostep for almost a full year now. But with me, the new host of the Eurostep, co-host of the Eurostep. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying. I'm still here, as Drake would say. And I have a new pal with me to talk bucks each and every week, all the time. I am thrilled to announce that Rohan Kadi is my new host, co-host here on the Eurostep. Rohan, how's it going? And did I get either of your names wrong at all? On this first introduction. <laughs> you did not. You did great. Yes. And I am so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be talking Bucks basketball with you for the long haul. This is this is going to be so much fun. It already is. It's, it was a fun night to start it. It didn't seem like it was going to be early on. We're going to dive deep into this first Bucks game. It's the only one we've got to talk about right now. But first, I mean, just quickly, Rohan, do you want to, for anyone who doesn't know, quickly introduce yourself, anything you want to say, your Bucks credentials, so to speak, all that stuff. Let's hear it. Let's Let's get it out there so the people know who they're listening to every time they tune into the Eurostep. Uh, well, just me personally, uh, I'm a student at Marquette University in biomedical sciences. Duh, actually not basketball or sports related, but I've always had a passion and I've actually been writing for Behind the Buck Pass for a, a couple of years now, which kind of got me started. And now I get to talk basketball with Ty and what 
How much more fun could you have than that? <laughs> it's a dream come true for anyone, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, no, like I said, I'm excited to have you. Obviously, I've known Rohan for a while, known you for a while. I don't know what tense to use, but uh, my time at Behind the Buck Pass, we've both been on the illustrious Win in Six podcast before. I'm not sure if plugging the competition is the best way to start. Uh, no, you got to give respect, respect. You do have to give respect. Shout out to Adam and Jordan over there. They, they make a great product as well. I really, truly do think there's room enough in in bucks content especially with the team going as it is now for for pretty much all the various podcasts out there but anyway let's get to this game enough of this stuff this background that like 30 percent of people care about 30 percent of people really care about 70 percent of people are like let's get to this game i want to slander chris middleton Uh, i don't really want to do that necessarily but rohan what's your what's your first takeaway from this game what was your number one thing that you you know you turned off the tv or probably more likely clicked out of your browser window what was your number one you know sort of thought right now right after that game finished uh it felt like last year's bucks team they they only needed to play solid basketball for a solid like quarter quarter and a half to actually win the game it just felt like last year's carried over into this year if that makes any sense it does it really does i was worried that it wasn't going to be that way for a little while um it seemed like it wasn't early on just no flow everything just seemed sort of stilted And I guess it really caught me by surprise. I mean, this is game one. Like, if there's a time for this to happen, you kind of expect it to happen in a game one. But I think just because the Bucs played so well in the preseason, I just feel like, I don't know if it was just the relaxed atmosphere or what, but I thought the team looked really good in preseason for the most part. And that just did not carry over to the first half whatsoever. Everything looked tough. Uh, and Middleton and uh, Chris Middleton and Giannis, especially first half, just not doing a whole lot. Giannis certainly better than Chris in that first half, but neither of them played up to their standard. And then just what did you say? Somewhere around like the middle-ish of the third quarter. I mean, they they never let the Rockets mm, get too yep. carried away, but like middle of the third quarter, something just started to click. And and really, I think the something, if I had to say, I mean, there was a couple good plays right before this, but Giannis started clicking. And I think yes. Giannis started clicking, and the whole team kind of meshed around him, and that's when the run started, and it would kind of be off on, off on, and then really the Bucks take the lead in the fourth quarter, and then even after Giannis fouls out, so what, let, let, let me break this up into two. One, do you agree that Giannis getting going kind of was the catalyst? And two, did you think Milwaukee's pulling this one out after Giannis fouls out there with about five minutes left in the fourth quarter? Well, Giannis getting going was definitely what sparked this comeback because they were down, what was the max, 16 points? Um, I think it was something and, around then, yeah. Let me, I, might, yeah. I might be able to pull it up. I think it, I think it was 16. Uh, but it just, they looked lost at points. But then Giannis started to kick it into gear. He was making shots. He was getting to the rim. He was getting fouled. Uh, he was making threes, uh, which is, you know, nice to see. Uh, and then he ju- he just got the entire team going, and then eventually, like the rest of this team started to catch up a bit, make their threes, and then when the Bucks they're making their threes, there's there's not much you can really do as a opposition. Absolutely, and I think you know I want to I want to go back a, a little in a little bit to talk about the earlier parts of the game because there were a couple surprise Bucks that really I think kept Milwaukee in this game. I mean, even for a team as talented as this Bucks that can go on runs like this Bucks team can. I think there's some leads that you really just can't expect to come back from. And I think there were a couple bucks that prevented that from happening. But I want to talk about Giannis specifically. I'm not exactly sure what changed for him. I don't know exactly what to put my finger on, whether it was just him. Uh, like 
I don't like. I, it was so weird. It's hard to describe. I mean, I I call myself a, an NBA analyst, Bucks analyst, whatever you want to say, and it's hard for me to put into words exactly what changed. It just felt like something did. Maybe it was a sense of urgency. I, I don't know what it was. I mean, I thought the Bucks' play calling did improve in the third quarter. I think that had something to do with it. I saw better movement off screens. I mean, especially like Chris Middleton's three late in the game after Giannis had fouled mm, out. That, that was, was a that was beautiful a really, play design. That was a really nice play design. I felt earlier. I don't know. I think the Bucks. I think one thing that it might be, and I just said I can't put my finger on it. My, my one theory <laughs> is that it did feel like Milwaukee was kind of rushing into stuff early in this game. And I think this is something that we you had communicated to me uh, via text at one point. I, I can't remember exactly how you put it, but it did feel like now thinking back early on, like they weren't going through a couple actions and getting something good. It was like half of an action, take a shot, you know, rush into something, just pull up. And I don't think that's a good way to play. I don't know. What What are your thoughts on, you know, what it was besides just Giannis waking up? Like what else led to that, that change? I felt like they were almost trying to be too scripted and not really get into the flow of the game. Uh, like well, we know they're trying to incorporate a couple new pieces, like a new starter in Wes Matthews, um, new um, role players playing significant minutes like Kyle Korver, like Robin Lopez. So when you try to integrate those pieces, you have certain play designs, you have certain sets that you've been drilling in training camp preseason, and then you want to get those out there. But then when you get into actual game setting against an elite team like the Rockets, you just... You can't really go and expect for all of your scripted plays to work. You need to sort of feel for it, and they they didn't really have that feel early on. No, I, I think that's a great way to put it, Rohan. And really, I, I like the just the thought of when, when the scripted plays don't work, what do you do? I think this is something that maybe the biggest thing. I mean, there's the Bledsoe concerns, and Bledsoe is up and down tonight. At times, I would say in that first half, he was one of the guys who kept the Bucks going. I mean, he scored Milwaukee's first five points before getting into foul trouble. And that was unfortunately a theme for the Bucks. Giannis, obviously, like I said, fouls out. Bledsoe picked up a lot of fouls early. I mean, every part of fouling was bad for Milwaukee because they also couldn't hit their free throws. I believe the Bucks were 9 for 18 from the charity stripe. So Giannis provides Oof. five of those misses. But Robin Lopez, 0 for 3. Ursan, 0 for 1 from the, loss, from the stripe. That's not good. I mean, that's just – it's inexcusable to shoot 50% from the, from the free throw line. But um, – Oh, I just, I just almost threw myself off. I think I did. Oh, no, but getting away from the script and what do you do then? And I think one of the most positive things that I saw out of this game was the Bucks found something really late in the game, and it was Brooke Lopez. The, Ro- the Rockets are playing small. Yes. They're having either James Harden, who is a pretty decent post defender, or uh, P.J. Tucker guarding Brooke Lopez. And I don't know if this, how much of this was Bud, how much of this had just sort of happened out there. But the Bucks just kept feeding him, and he just kept making good things happen. Either drawing a double and kicking out, Brook did some really nice passing in that in that uh, last quarter, those last few minutes, or just going up and getting the dang bucket. I'm gonna say the damn bucket. I don't think that counts as a full strong. He, said he got the damn bucket. Well, he did, and it wasn't yeah. always just like he, he'd force his way up. Sometimes <laughs> he drew fouls. He would fade away and hit it. And like his his jumper is still nice even up close. And I just think that that to me was so uplifting because I felt like it's like I don't mean to make everything about the Raptors series it's going to come out up a lot just because of how important it was I don't mean to make everything about that but there was just I mean it, it does of, define how this Bucks team needs to play so it, it no, does. do do go for it no no but thank you so they need to find things they can do when nothing else works they just need to and especially things like if Giannis has to sit if Giannis is fouled out and foul trouble whatever 
they need I, I call them these valves because like a valve is and please correct me if I'm wrong you would you would know more about any sort of engineering I'm sure but like you know if something gets like built up you you activate a valve you let the pressure off that's what you need you know when when everything gets gummed up you need a valve you can just go to mm. and for me my thing for a long time has been Giannis Chris pick and rolls we saw some some good results from that I think they need to practice it more it doesn't look that fluid yet but that's been the one I keep saying but this. Brooke Lopez posting up small guys valve is a pretty damn good one if they get the opportunity. You know what? I, I heard you you exclaim yes when I brought it up. How excited were you to see the Bucks just say, you know what? Screw it. Let's let Brooke post up these six six guys. I I was actually very excited because uh, that was something I'd wanted a lot more last season. Like I I love more than anything. I love watching me some Brooke Lopez shooting highlights. Like I've watched that uh, video of him going off against the Nuggets too many times. Uh, but just him going into the post, he's so good. Him and his brother, they have such good touch around the rim. So like when like you have when the Rockets are going small and have Tucker at the five, you just and Brooke Lopez, he's such a massive human being. He's not a normal center. He's like what the official like seven one, and like some. I don't remember what his designation is. I forgot to check that. I, it's been so fun going through and seeing all the, the updated one numbers from the NBA. And honestly, not really that dramatic, except for LeBron being taller, which is like, God, LeBron is so physically gifted. But <laughs> And KD I, I somehow still being 6'9". Yeah, I don't, I don't buy that. KD <laughs> nah, that's somebody. fake. Like, <laughs> KD was slouched hard. Um, but may, maybe like when he has a knee up on a, one of those scooters or something. But yeah, I, I, I take your word for Brooke being huge. I mean, Brooke and Robin just look massive. Yeah, so I think you were saying you weren't sure if it was Bud uh, asking them to do it or just uh, them going to it in the field of the game. I think it was Bud because they were just going for it every time down the floor late. I So I think Bud finally realized, like, hey, you know what? We have a massive advantage in the, and that's, in the low and block. I, and I, I hope you're right because that's so encouraging to me because I, I, don't, I don't know if you heard the, the pot I did with Sharks last week. But that was something we talked about on there mm. where it's like one of the, the issues with Bud, like the book on Bud, is that he, he doesn't adapt. And that was adapting. That was doing something that yes. the Bucks really just don't do. I mean, they at least didn't do. I mean, last year they'd be like maybe one or two plays a game, all game. And sometimes not even that where like you'd see Brooke gets a feast on somebody in the post. Like it would not happen regularly. I would not mind seeing it happen regularly. I have – after being like a student of – you know, the efficient shots only at the rim and threes and free throws. I've kind of dialed it back the other way a bit. And this is this is a clean segue because we talked a little bit before we started about the mid-range and the difference in mid-range between these two teams. And I know you've got the shot charts and everything up. Break down how much of the Bucks' offense they ended up finding in the mid-range in this game. So they actually took uh, 10 mid-range shots in this game, which was uncharacteristic uncharacteristically Milwaukee if we if you look back at any other shot charts last season it was just like maybe like two or three sometimes four or five mid-range shots throughout the game this time they took a couple there were a couple long twos in there a couple of them from like two of them from Giannis Ursan took a couple Chris took a couple and they only missed three of them so they were actually very efficient from the mid-range so like so if it's a viable option like go for it i get what you're saying in terms of like efficient shots but it's efficient shots like in terms of making them if you can make a uh, mid-range shots at a high clip then by all means take it well i I just think what gets what gets lost in the efficiency conversation sometimes and i don't want to sit here you know i'm not part of i test twitter i'm still a very big believer in the numbers but 
there's just those points in games where you won't get those shots. And you, you want an example of that? Go watch the Rockets' second half of this game. They didn't get those shots, and they didn't know what else to do. Outside of Russell Westbrook, who I think scored like 20 points in the second half, like a dozen, more than a dozen points in the fourth quarter, some crucial offensive rebounds where it looked like the Bucks were getting ready to run away with the damn game. I mean, Eric Gordon misses a bunch in a row. Harden, I don't know how many actual field goals he made in the second half. It felt like very, very few, maybe one or two. Russell Westbrook kept that team alive, but Russell Westbrook can score from three levels. I, I mean, okay, maybe two. I don't know if he can really score from three-point range, but Russell Westbrook can score from the mid-range and he can get to the rim. And sometimes those are the only shots you're going to get. The Rockets did not get any good threes for almost the entire second half, and it killed them because they had nothing else to do. They didn't have that valve outside of, like I said, just letting Russ do Russ stuff late. But like those threes just won't be there sometimes. Raptors won the title because when opponents took everything away from the Raptors, Kawhi said, all right, I'll just go make this 15-footer over someone. It doesn't matter what you do. I can get that shot. I just think to win right now, and I think if you look back at the last several champions – you know, outside of probably the 14-15 Warriors, there was usually a guy there who could make those shots. And I think that often comes down. That ends up being the difference in a lot of games. Close is like when everything is gummed up, when the defense is super focused, when you're not going to let you know your West Matthews get wide open normally. You need someone who can make those shots. You need to be able to make those shots if they're all that's there. The difference tonight was you said the Bucks scored, made seven of those, that's 14 points. That was the difference in mid-range points. The Rockets did not make a single mid-range jumper in this game. So you look at the Rockets. Or the Bucks get more points in the paint. The Rockets get more points off turnovers, more fast break points. They literally did not hit a mid-range jumper. And you could tell from watching them from all those threes they missed. The Rockets end up attempting 48 threes, making 33% of them. The Bucks attempt 46, only make 34% of them. But Milwaukee found other ways to score. And I think, honestly, that ended up being the difference. No. Just a quick interjection here. You want to know a fun stat shooting wise from this game? Of course I do. Uh, Giannis made more threes than Harden. Ooh, that's a super <laughs> fun stat. Giannis two for five, I think, 40%. Yeah, Harden one for eight, 12.5%. Oh, well, I, like yeah. I like that stat. Uh, I have a few more things I want to get into. Of course. Um, Just got to get that out there. Of, oh, yeah, of course. I love it. Uh, the guys who I think the unlikely heroes who kind of kept the Bucks alive in the first half – uh, we really should talk about Chris Middleton at some point. Obviously, Ursanity and uh, a segment we talked to. Ursa- <laughs> I cannot wait. And uh, also, we want to do a, a sort of thing where we look at a leaderboard of who should start at the two. It was more of a compelling idea, I think, in the first half when uh, Wes Matthews wasn't looking so hot. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's going to be that dramatic right now, but we'll do it anyway. But first, of course, we need to hear from our sponsors real quick. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. We all know this from trying to watch basketball. Trying to follow every single thing happening in sports. Imagine all sports, not just the NBA. All sports. It's almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis, that is impossible. There's way too much content. And that's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Not just Cleveland, all lands. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up, I remind you for free at sports.axios.com. You'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. I don't know about you, Rohan, but I'm down for a good ping pong story. I love me some cricket. Love him some cricket. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. 
It's super simple to sign up and it is free. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing the amazing link with your buddies. Everybody has that buddy. Everybody loves that buddy. You can be that buddy. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered right to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. One last time, sports.axios.com. And while you're browsing your sports Axios newsletter, you're getting those great stories. Why not look and feel good at the same time? Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. You, you need to look good, you need a well-fitting suit, but you don't need to break the bank to do it. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. Everything you could need, and it's all made to your exact measurements for a great fit, and that's crucial. The best part is that Indochino is affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. The process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, submit your measurements. That's it. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. That's not a long time. I mean, the NBA is like 30 weeks almost. That's two weeks. That's nothing. You can have it by almost by November. That's quick. Get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all online at Indochino.com. And start your style upgrade off now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout. And that shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. That's an incredible deal. You have no excuse to wear clothing that doesn't fit, Rohan. I hope you know that. You don't have any excuse anymore. Your excuses are gone. No, I do not have any excuses anymore. (laughs) Speaking of someone with no excuses, how upset are you with Chris Middleton's performance in this game? We have to get to it. People in the Eurostep Discord, people on Twitter are incensed. And you know what? I'm not going to – I think people might be going a little too far after one game, which is almost pretty much fair about any take after one game. But I'm not going to get on them too hard. Chris did not have his best game on either end tonight. No, it really wasn't his best game. I just think he was trying to find himself. He missed a bunch of threes. He only went three for nine. He hit some clutch threes, though, and that's really what matters, in my opinion. It, but, you know, overall, he didn't have a great game, but it it didn't it didn't end up having a huge impact. It didn't, but I do think, I mean, if, if he shows up early, the play he was playing late, I don't, I don't know if this game gets as ugly as it does at times. I mean, that's I fair. just think... That's fair. I think he lets himself get too passive, and then it's almost like he goes, oh, my God, I, I have you know two missed shots and basically a whole quarter. You know, I'm the hundred and however many million-dollar guy now. I can't do this. And then he just, like, pulls instantly. And I just think he needs to relax a little bit, but also at the same time, this is going to sound like it doesn't make any sense, but he needs to relax and also be a little more decisive. I think, I've been saying this for a while. I think Chrisman really needs to go hunt his own shots more run some pick and rolls, but I just he, he would fluctuate so wildly from not really doing a whole lot of anything to just like immediately jacking an 18-foot shot with someone right in front of us. And I know Chris rides the tough shot express. I mean, I get it. He, he's always done this. Sometimes you make him. Sometimes you miss him. But I think really I want to see more driving from him. I want to see just more of going out and getting good shots at times from, from Chris. And I know the Bucks' offense is all about motion and getting the open guy, but – 
I mean, this is this is the second guy. This is the guy who's going out with Giannis. These are your two guys. I just think, you know, for this team to reach its peak, he's going to have to be more aggressive, more decisive without taking some of these four shots that just didn't seem right to me. Yeah, I think one thing that's probably going to play into that is uh, how if it gets better throughout the season. Because last year we knew with the new system and Bud not really wanting him to take mid-range shots and then all culminating in that sort of incident in December against the Knicks. But they sort of figured it out later. Now there's a whole new set of offensive um, sets that they need to get done, new players, and the loss of Brogdon. How are they going to make up for those shots? So I think it's just sort of a reshuffling of the offense, and Chris sort of goes into his shell until it's really needed. So as the season goes on, I think it'll get better, and it kind of has to get better for this team to reach their peak, like you said. Absolutely, and I would really love to see, you know, Saturday against Miami, this matinee game at, at 4 o'clock, I think. Yes. I would love to see Chris come back with a good game because I, I just – that's the – the it just stinks when a guy gets paid and then comes out slow out of the gate, as, as Middleton kind of tends to do a lot of the time, but because you just know all those comments are coming. And I don't, I don't think – you know, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't – it should be easy for Chris to ignore. I don't, I don't think he's going to let it get to him. I hope not at least. But it just stinks to see because I really I've always just rooted for Chris Middleton. He always see, seemed like a good guy. Never do, seen him do anything that really makes me go, oh, that was. I mean, like shot wise, sometimes. But in terms of like, you know, I've never seen him do a dirty play. I've never seen him do anything questionable off the court. He just seems like such a consummate, just nice guy, like an easy person to root for. And I just think the the dollar amount he makes now is, might turn some people against him. And I I don't. I don't like the thought of it. I see where people are coming from. I just can't bring myself to agree with it. No, I, I, I'm on your side on this one. I just, it's, it's one game. We can't really make uh, decisions too. after one game. And hopefully, like you said, against Miami, he shows up. And like the, a bunch of the team didn't show up in the first half. So, and he picked it up in the second. So I'm, I'm going to give him a pass on this one. Let's uh let's rock it through. Let's let's I, I teased this earlier. Some players are kind of kept the Bucks alive in the first half. Oh, yeah. let's not rock it through because then we'll start <laughs> off strong and just completely fall apart <laughs> after the air read. Um, <laughs> I, did I even give the score? I think I, I don't think I gave the score. The Bucks won one seventeen to one eleven. If you're wondering what the score is, I don't know if people are wondering about the score anymore though. They won. Like the, that's all that matters. Yeah, they, I mean they won. We made that part clear. Um, do you know who had the bu- without looking? Don't look at the box score okay. right now. Do you know? Okay. Do, do you know who had the Bucks best plus minus? Uh, I hope it's who I think it is. Is it Ersan? No, it's not. Ersan oh, <laughs> was the MVP for sure. He's actually only plus two. Ersan in twenty minutes, six for eight from the field, one for two from three, eleven rebounds in twenty minutes, one block, two turnovers. I didn't know he had five fouls. That's a wild number. But thirteen points for Ersan. Well, it's every single, trying to draw charges. Yeah, uh, yeah, at least two of them were, but. Uh, it's clearly a huge game for Ersan. It felt like all 13 of those points came exactly when the Bucks needed him. Four of those 11 rebounds are offensive. Nice double-double in game one for Ersan. That's great. But Ersan, uh, obviously huge. But, no, George Hill, 31 Ooh. minutes in this game. Basically played starter minutes quietly. I mean, he had the three fouls early, which contributed to this. George Hill plays 31 minutes. Eric Bledsoe plays 16 minutes. That's not a lot, even with foul trouble. That's going to be something to watch for. But George Hill... Scores eight points, has seven assists, two steals, no turnovers, plus 16 in his 31 minutes. The Bucks routed Houston in George Hill's minutes. 
he just does so many little things right. And I, I, I put this in the Eurostep Discord early on, which, by the way, to join the Discord, it's basically like Slack. If you don't have Discord, it's free. Go get it. It's easy. Just tweet me, or I guess Rohan now, a picture of you listening to the podcast, and we'll get you the link. We'll get you in the Discord. So if you want to join into the conversations during the games all the time, people just chime in. I'm in there pretty often just talking bucks. So just do that. But uh, I, I said it in there. I think early in this game, I want to say first half, maybe like halftime or early second half, the Bucks would be lost right now if it wasn't for George Hill. The plus-minus reflects that. Rohan, what did you think about his performance here? Really, I think the word that almost always uses to you can use to describe his performance is stabilizes. Yeah, sta- I was thinking steady, stabilizes, same thing. It's just he's such a calming influence when he's on the floor. He knows what he's doing. He's not going to make any bad decisions um, very often. He's not going to... No turnovers. Yeah, no turnovers. He's not going to make a bunch of bad plays, not a bunch of bad reads. He just does everything well. Nothing's going to jump out at you like you read his stat line. It wasn't like incredible. But it's just like he doesn't do anything bad and but does things good. Like that's very simple to say. But it's, it's what's happening on the court. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, I think that's a that's a fine descriptor. I think sometimes people overcomplicate things. I mean, doing every little thing right, that's how you become really, really good at anything. Like, that's, I mean, super off topic. But, like, the reason the Patriots are so good every year, the Patriots just execute everything right. Like, they might not stun you. I mean, they might, they don't have Randy Moss every year. That Like, their, their offensive line blocking is perfect. Their routes are crisp. Brady makes the right reads. Their running backs do the right thing. It's all that. All that little stuff matters. Yeah, George fundamentally Hill, sound. Exactly. George Hill is certainly that. A lot of the Bucks are that. A lot of these veteran players. Let, let, let me kick it to you here, Rohan. Who do you want to talk about on this Bucks team that we haven't talked about yet? Let's just who, – who interested you for, for better or for worse? Whose performance do you have something to say about? Sterling Brown. I like it. He was one of the first guys off the bench, which really surprised me. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like Dante, but he didn't even play. Uh, well, like the rotation was definitely a question coming in. Like, who's like, how are these guards and these two's gonna uh, get minutes on the floor? How is it gonna be split up? And then Sterling Brown, he doesn't play a lot. Only five forty-one. I don't know if he played any more than that early stint. Do you know? Ah, uh, it didn't. Maybe like one minute, but I don't. I didn't feel like he played late at all. I think Bud, Bud found his guys that he wanted to roll with, and he rolled with them. Yeah, he he's just he's so aggressive when he's on the floor. He knows what he's trying to do. He plays mostly within the offense. There's little things that he doesn't do great, like sometimes his passes are off. He doesn't make the pass when he needs to, attacks when there's not really a lane sometimes. But he just he's very confident, and you need that on the floor, especially when things are starting to go awry early in the first half. So that I just, dunk, that dunk yeah, was big. Yeah, he threw Russell Westbrook off in transition and then threw it down. Oh, this thing of beauty. But I, I really want him to see to see him get more minutes going forward because I think he can be a really good player. Uh, but yeah, Sterling Brown really, he, he's intriguing to me, and especially in his short minutes tonight. Me too. I always remember watching his first G League game in Milwaukee before the Herd Arena was completed, Menominee Nation Arena, and you could just tell he was on a different level than the other guys on those. It was the Windy City Bulls and the Herd, and Sterling just moved differently. He got all the shots he wanted. Everything looked really easy for him, and I was like, damn, this guy can play. Like This guy... He's not going to spend a ton of time at the G League, and he spent a little more time that year, a little bit the next year, and now I think he's pretty solidly an NBA player. Um, certainly good, yeah, six minutes, one for three, 0 for one from the from three-point line, couple of rebounds, 
not a lot of opportunity for Sterling, but he did that. Certainly that dunk, and that was again one of those plays that 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 dunk that game might have gotten ugly. Um, two more guys who I think kept this thing close, and then I think we're gonna be. Oh, and then we'll do our two guard thing, and then we're gonna be just about ready to wrap it up. Eric Bledsoe, pretty eh game overall from Bledsoe, 11 points with 12 shots, but. He was two for four from three. I thought his three-point stroke looked pretty nice, and I think both of those threes came early. Like I said, he mm. had the Bucks' first five points, makes those two early-ish threes. Foul trouble, unfortunately, kicked him out of there and, and let the savior George Hill step in. But pretty okay game from Bledsoe. Most encouraging thing, certainly those threes. He started to force some, some shots inside, as he'll do late. Uh, didn't get a lot of bounces there. Oh, well, I'm not super sad about it. Overall, though, I thought... Pretty good game from Bledsoe. Pretty good effort from Bledsoe. I think he was still hurt. Like, obviously, yeah. it was a pain threshold thing, but you could see him, like, wincing a bunch every once in a while. And it's like, yeah, this guy's seems- clearly still in pain, but he's trying to play. Like Pat Connaughton said earlier in an uh, interview, the guy's just a walking muscle. Like, he's he he's just going to go and play, even if he's in a lot of pain. And it looked like he was still in a lot of pain. So kudos to him for, one, playing, and two, putting up, like, a decent effort. Yeah, I think the the term like you, I mean, you're probably gonna have the medical stuff down on this podcast for now. He had fractured ribs. Was that it? Cartilage, the cartilage in oh, the ribs. Okay, the cart. Thank you. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I was fractured rib sounds more serious, but that that also I did I didn't know you could fracture cartilage. That's that sounds grody. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely it's not super serious in terms of long term recovery, but it's just so painful. Oh, Eric Bledsoe certainly a, a a fighter, a gamer at least in the regular season. Uh, no doubt about it. One one more guy here who I think really kept the Bucks in, and we I think yes. we saved the best for last. Yes, we did. Um, at, at least in the first half, Ursan Ursan certainly keeps him in the second half. Um, no, nah, Ursan's like Giannis; he just gives it all the time. You don't really need to talk about him. Yeah, Giannis. If we haven't really touched on Giannis. 30, 11, 13, or 30, <laughs> just 30, 13, 11, 1, 1, three turnovers in twenty eight minutes, dealing with foul in trouble t- the entire time. Twenty eight like. minutes. Two for five on threes, we've been talking about that. But, yeah, Giannis is still great. He did wait until the second half, really, to put up a lot of those numbers. But uh, I think I think he's going to be a little bit little bit TO'd at fouling out and not being there on the court. I think he might come out really roaring against Miami. We'll see. But Pat Connaughton, yes. uh, first half, huge run for Pat. I think some of the most complete basketball I've seen from him on both ends. Uh, all the Bucks were kind of jumping out of place on the Rockets' corner threes. Their defense did not look prepared for this game, which – was kind of worrying. At least early they didn't. They, they were out of place a lot. They were not playing with discipline. But Pat was smart on the offensive end. He ends up with 10 points, four rebounds, two assists, one block. Classic Pat always gets at least one block in there. No turnovers. Uh, four for eight from the field. Two for five from three. Shot the same percentage as Giannis, 40%. A good one. Uh, overall, though, just looked very solid. I mean, there were things. I, I was talking to someone about Pat over the offseason. And they were like, well, Pat has all the tools. I'm like, well, yeah, he kind of does. I mean, he's obviously got the athleticism. He's got sort of a shooting stroke. He doesn't have elite shooting numbers, but he can certainly make threes. You know, he's got the things you need to be really good, but I just thought he, he hasn't put it all together. You know, he's not – he doesn't play with cohesion. He, he makes these mental lapses. I mean, on defense, like last year, he was just jumping like eight times a possession, which isn't always good. The, he just looked more solid, looked more contained within himself – in this game, and I thought that was really encouraging. I, I don't – well, I'll wait to talk about starters and stuff in a minute, but what, what were your Pat C thoughts? Uh, well, first, uh, what you were saying about having the tools and stuff, is 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 Pat Connaughton what Marquise Chris hopes to be? 
Probably, yeah. I mean, I think Marquise Chris might have a while to go. I mean, Draymond Green will tell you Chris is basically Shaq 2.0, but I don't know if I'm buying that. Like, one. it's just like in in terms of like, it has obviously he's so much worse than Pat Thompson, but it's just like he has the tools, but he just doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, sometimes I think that's okay. fair. I just thought of that comparison I had to get it out there. It's a really bad comparison. Though. <laughs> I don't hate it. I, I see where uh, you're coming from. This, I mean, it's like. There can be like it can manifest itself in all sorts. Like Wiggins, Wiggins is one of those guys. I think yes. worse. Maybe I think just worse because the expectations and and everything and what you what you want from the former number one overall pick and especially a guy who shoots that much. But like just the the basic premise I think applies to all three of those guys. Obviously in varying degrees of talent or whatever else. But the basic idea is like they're they're not as good as the sum of their parts. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, getting back to Pat's performance, didn't I swear he went on like a ten? He scored like ten points in a row for the Bucks, and they he did really, his ten points. Yeah, his ten points were, were all, all in a row. were all scored in a row. <laughs> yeah, and they needed it. They had nothing else going, like you were saying. They just they seemed checked out. They seemed like they didn't show up for the game. So, and then Pat Connaughton comes in, plays his classic energy role, and that's really what they needed at that that at that time. He just need. They needed some points. He put some points on the board. He did his job. He did. Um, I was excited about his performance. Like I said, I was a little down on Wes Matthews early. I thought he pulled it together, but I think great place to end here is with this segment. I kind of want to do running going forward. I, I don't know. It might end up just dying at some point because the position becomes more obvious. But we good for the Bucks, bad for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not many things are good for the Bucks and bad for us. This this would be the rare example of that, but. Sort of our, our leaderboards, our, our rankings for who should start at the two. I mean, it's just, it's the one position that was you know, probably not really, but at least theoretically. I mean, Bud wouldn't commit to saying who was going to start. I certainly think it's the one that's most likely to get someone else to start out of like a pure job shift, not like an injury thing or maybe a very, very bizarre matchup or something like that. But it's the one position you could see some, some flux in. So I'll, I'll kick it to you first, Rohan. What's your sort of idea or ranking on the the shooting guard order right now even with west matthews uh second half sort of resurgence and uh big threes late i'd still gonna say it's pat he's just it's he's so complimentary to the starters that you don't really need him to do too much on his own and with a guy like west matthews i feel like in his, like since he's a veteran he's uh, you don't want him doing too much but it's sort of a thing where you he's gonna want to do too much like he's gonna like there was a play early on. I told talked to you about this, but he posted up PJ Tucker in the first quarter. I think like yeah. why? Like he <laughs> made the shot, but why are you doing that? Like that I don't know why Bud gave him that long of a leash, but uh, it, it'd be yeah, so it's, it's much easier. It's one thing for it's one thing yeah. for Brooke Lopez to do that. It's another thing for Wes Matthews to do that. Exactly. <laughs> So I feel like Wes would be better equipped to do that against second units and not elite defenders that are going to be in starting lineups. So if he came off the bench, one, it would give him less minutes, which is better for him because he's you know sort of up there in age, in injury history. Uh, and then Pat, he's a very athletic guy, can give you a bunch of minutes and give you quick scoring bursts when you need to, but also sort of play um, within uh, the scope of the team and sort of just defend, sort of play make, cut you know, make the um, offense have some motion. So I think he'd be better equipped to go with the starters as of now. That's a bold take. I think I'm going to 
I think I'm going to stick with Wes. I liked what I saw in the, the second yeah. half. It's not a bad pick. And I just I like his quick trigger three-point shooting uh, a lot. And I just think it's perfect to go with the starters. I think the one area where I would say West for sure does have Malcolm Brogdon beat is just that trigger. Malcolm is going to mm-hmm. shoot a higher percentage from three, but it, they, he's got to be a little more open. He, he likes to do a slower unwind on his three-pointers. West can just fire. I really like that. He leaked out for a couple nice transition plays to the post-up was dumb, but he, he did score it at least, I guess. Um, but I, I, if, if it was going to be Pat, and I, I don't think it, it will be, I just don't think it's the kind of move Bud would make after a game. But I, I, not, not, to, not to admonish your pick. I mean, I think the spirit of this is like who we have personally, yes, not yes. who we think the Bucks are going to. I mean, the Bucks yes. are going to start with Wes Matthews for a while. Um, I, I would like Pat to see if it was a kind of a short, like, just burst, kind of start the game off with some energy and then just kind of switch them. I don't know. And I still like Sterling and, and Kyle Korver just in bursts. I mean, we know what Kyle Korver is going to do. He did a little pick and pop with Giannis that was really, really pretty. Oh, yeah, such half. a nice play. Big fan of that play. I would love some more of that. Just put more Giannis more in all actions. I mean, he's literally, I think, like 96th and 98th something percentile in both ends of the pick and roll. Like, he can do yeah, either of just, them. just Giannis put him in those actions. Yeah, Giannis plus shooter plus actions equals good. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's the equation. It's very, very simple. Um but I, I would keep starting Wes. I want to let him kind of, kind of prove himself. I thought he kind of did in the second half. I mean, it's still early. Obviously, he only has what uh, 30 minutes as a buck. But he ends up six for 12, two for eight from three. So not a great shooting night for him overall. But two steals, a block, four rebounds, one assist. He got involved out there. He did some good stuff. Yeah, I, Wes, I, Wes not, is a more um, uh, stable, I guess, defender than Pat. Pat yeah. can get a little erratic. So that's one more thing to go in favor of us. But we'll see. I mean, Pat looked really good. Pat, to me, Pat for sure proved himself as, mm. in my opinion, the first two off the bench. I think yeah. Pat. He's almost like doing like, a reverse of himself last year. Yeah, in a way, he is. He, uh, I don't know. I'm excited about Pat Connaughton in a way I haven't really been since early last year when I was like, oh my god, this guy's just gonna freaking dunk over everybody and make a couple threes. This is great. He can still do those things, but mm. if he does them a little bit more contained, that that would be that would be good. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, unless you have any other last name uh, thoughts, well, Rohan, that's, what did you what did you, you think of what what did you think of no uh, Dante and DJ, especially when Bud went ten deep in the first quarter yeah. and they yeah, this, this is gonna make people mad and they couldn't uh-huh. get any run, especially DJ. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I so I mean, weird. you can't play like when Urson's playing like Jordan and then Giannis is Giannis like. DJ's not going to get a lot of run. Is that just how it's going to be for the entire season? I guess. I guess the one encouraging thing for DJ, even though he didn't play, is that Bud rolled out a small lineup on purpose, uh, even with both Lopez brothers. So I think that's where DJ could find some minutes is maybe you cut back a couple on Brooke, a couple on Robin, who didn't play great. Uh, Two points, two rebounds, one assist, a turnover, three fouls, one for three from the field for Robin Lopez. I think that's where you're going to see a lot of his minutes come is if it's sort of a Giannis at center deal just because, yeah, there's not minutes at the four between Giannis and, and how well Ersan is playing. I mean, you just can't justify taking him away from Ersan. I mean, even when he's not looking like Jordan out there, he just does so many good things well. That's why it's so tough for this team. And then Dante, that one surprised me just because a lot of Bucks people are so high on Dante. But, but Bud is high on He was the first guy off the bench last year. Yeah, he was. I, I don't I don't know exactly what was up with Dante not playing at all. I don't know if 
I mean, I think Bud with the two guards last year, he kind of just rotated them based on feel, based on who was hot and all that. Maybe yeah. that's going to happen again. And, like, and in, in a game, you can't play everyone. <laughs> no. No, and they did. They played 11 guys as is, so it's not like nobody got out there. But, yeah, I, I almost – it's just like you look around at the box score and, like, who do you really take minutes away from? You know, if I, you can take six away from Sterling and trade out him for a DMP and then play Dante. I don't know how DJ is going to find minutes if, if Ursan keeps playing strong and – and, and he's healthy, and both of the Lopez brothers are. But that Maybe is just tough. Garbage time when they're blowing yeah. out teams like usual. Like, hopefully yeah, they I mean, get back to that. Yeah, that would be nice. That'd be a lot less uh, intense than this game was, coming really down to the wire to the last couple minutes. But mm-hmm. a win is a win is a win, Rohan. Yes, it is. We'll take it. The Bucks will certainly take it. They're 1 0. Uh, I think we're 1 0 in podcasts. I'd say we won this one. Yes. This was a great uh, uh, place to start. In this era, it was the Euro stuff. It was we we blew out our competition. The Bucks need to play up to our standards a little bit, but that's okay. So that was a good last note. Do you have a? Was that the second to last note? Do you have another note? Or was that no, that no, note? that was my last note. That's a good last note. That's a strong note to to stand on. People are going to be mad about DJ not playing as they always are, but there's only so many minutes. This is a good deep team. It's a good problem to have. Um, but without further ado, that's all we've got, folks. If this is your first time listening to the Euro Step. And I'm sure there's going to be millions of people tuning in now that Rohan's affiliated with the podcast to catch his sultry tones each and every episode. But make sure to subscribe, whatever platform you listen to. We're all over them. Uh, you know, follow uh, myself and Rohan on Twitter. I'm at Ty Windish. Are you R. Caddy Jr.? Yes. Yes, nailed it. Follow both of us on Twitter. Join the Discord. Like I said, tweet at either of us with a screenshot of you listening to the podcast. We'll get you in there to talk more bucks. And otherwise, you know, we'll catch you next time on the Eurostep. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.